Book Four, Chapters Thirty Four and Thirty Five of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de Loeria. Translated by Robert Saudi. Book Four, Chapter Thirty Four. How, when King Arvagio knew that armies were separated, he determined to attack King Lisuarte. Meantime, King Arvagio, and Barsin and Lord of Sansuena, and Arcalaus the Enchanter, remained in the mountain. They knew by their spies of the two battles that had been fought, and how the camps were so well fortified that they could not be forced at night and the longer the struggle continued the more were they rejoiced being assured that one party would at length be subdued and as they should win an easy victory and fully effect their purpose but now the spies brought tidings that the armies had broken up their camps and were separating they knew not for what cause arvagio presently concluded that some accord had taken place and he determined without delay to attack king lisuarte rather than amadis for if the king were slain or taken amadis would care little concerning great britain and he might obtain possession of it howbeit he said it would be best to attack them by night when they were utterly unprepared and he sent his nephew esclavor who was a man skilful in war with ten knights to observe their motions accordingly he rode as privily as he could along the mountain watching their march in the plain now king lisuarte had always been suspicious of this army though he had no certain knowledge concerning them but he had heard from some of the country people that there were troops by the seaside though he had no leisure to attend to the information being much too employed but now he was told that there were horsemen on the mountain who seemed to conceal themselves presently the king apprehended that if they came upon him he would not escape without battle the which he greatly feared seeing how hardly his army has been handled in the two former fights howbeit having so courageous a heart he did not delay to apply the fitting remedy and he called king seldadan and the other chiefs and telling them that he had prepared bade them hold their troops in readiness that if need were they might be found as knights ought to be they all replied that they were ready to lose their lives in his defence but some there were and in particular don grumden and brandios who secretly counselled him to advise king perion for this army was fresh and numerous and so greatly were they his enemies that if they conquered they would show him no mercy but the king who ever regarded his honour more than his life refused to ask aid of the other army saying that belike there was no danger and if there were they had only to bestir themselves as they had done in great perils he then sent philispinel with twenty knights to the mountain to see what they could discover when he had made his men halt and refresh themselves for they had now marched four leagues and he was desirous that they should not stop again before they reached lubenia being fearful of an attack by night and knowing if the men rested a second time they would disarm and sleep so that a small force would put them to the rout after they had rested a while and taken food 
he gave an order to mount again and proceed the baggage and the wounded going before though the greater part of the wounded had been sent to lubania during the truce phyllis pinnell went straight to the mountain and made such search that he soon discovered esclavor and his company and remaining himself in sight of them he sent to inform the king how he had seen these knights upon the lookout and he believed the rest were not far distant lisuarte therefore quickened his march that he might be near lubena if the danger overtook him for though the town were not strongly fortified yet he could better defend himself than in the plain so he was soon at a good distance from the mountains esclavor now found that he was discovered and sent to say to his uncle king arvagio and to tell him that he had better descend into plain without delay for king lisuarte having spied them would not halt till he had found a place to his advantage when the messenger brought this advice to king arvagio his troops were all at rest that they might be fresh for the attack at night so that there was great delay while they armed and the ground which they had chosen for security because it was rugged and broken contributed to embarrass them when they were thus in haste howbeit they began the pursuit just before they had got down from the mountain king lisuarte was so far on his way that it was manifest they could not come up with him till he was very near the town arclaus who knew the country told king arvagio not to be grieved on the account neither to hurry his army nor to heed them for he knew the town and that the king with his small forces would be in greater danger there than in the field meantime by the will of god who would not that this evil race should put their crooked purposes into effect it so befell that the good hermit sent child esplandian and his nephew sargil to the king to tell him that he would be with them in lubania as soon as he could to give order for the meeting of the four knights when they came to the camp the army had already departed and they followed till they came to the place where the king had halted and there they learned that he had advanced in fear and with greater haste upon that they quickened their pace but before they came in sight of the king they saw the army coming down the mountain and immediately thought it was king arvagio for when they were with queen brisena they had heard of his arrival in the country and knew that the queen had sent out troops different ways to observe them but now beholding how mighty a power was with them and that king lisuarte's army was few in number and so wearied esplandian was greatly grieved to think of this danger and said to sergil brother follow me and do not let us rest till the king be succored and with that they turned their reins and galloped all the remainder of the day and the night also till at dawn they overtook king perion who had retreated only four leagues and had pitched his camp beside the brook among the fruit trees and set guard upon the side of the mountain for he also had learnt of the army by the report of some shepherds esplandian went straight to the tent of amadis and found the good man who had just risen and was preparing to set forth on his way good son cried the hermit why are you in such haste i cannot tell you replied the child till i have spoken with amadis so he alighted and went in where amadis was asleep though in his armour as he had been all night for the defence of the camp esplandian awoke him and said o oh, good sir if at any time your heart hath desired great exploits the hour is now come wherein it's worth 
may be made manifest for though you have achieved many and perilous exploits it never was there one so signal as this know that the troops who we heard were in the mountains with king arvagio are advancing as fast as they can against my lord king lisuarte and they are so many and his force is so little and in so ill a plight that under god he hath no remedy but in you amadis at this arose instantly and said good child wait for me here and if i can prevail your labour shall not be in vain then he went into the tent of king perion his father and telling him these tidings besought his permission to go to the succour of king lisuarte which would be greatly to his honour and praise wherever it was known and he knelt down and would not rise from his knees till the king had answered him son quoth king perion do as you think good take such troops as you choose and lead the way and i will follow if we are to have peace with king lisuarte this will make it firmer and if war it is better that he should be overthrown by us than by any others who peradventure might be worse enemies to us than he is the trumpets were then sounded and the whole army being already armed and suspicious of attack went to horse and arranged themselves in their ranks king perion told them what had fallen out and besought them laying aside all enmity to king lisuarte to march with good will and succour him against the wicked race they all approved of what he said and declared they were ready to obey him amadis then took with him don quadragante and his brother don florestan and angriot of his travels and gavarte of perilous valley and gandalin and enil and four thousand knights and also master helcibad who in this war had performed miracles in his office giving life to many who would not have lived but for the help of god and him with this company he hastened forward and king perion with the rest of the host followed End of chapter thirty four. Chapter thirty five of the battle which King Lisuarte had with King Arvagio and his army, wherein King Lisuarte was conquered, and how he was succored by Amadis of Gaul, he who never failed to succor those who were in need. King Aravigio might have overtaken Lisuarte if it had not been for the advice of Arcalaus and the night came on so dark now that they could not see each other so they continued their march all night esclavor and the ten with him and forty others whom his uncle had sent to strengthen them being as it were mingled with the rear of king lisuarte's army thus they proceeded till the day dawned and then they saw that they were near each other and at a little distance from the town then king lisuarte like a brave prince as he was halted and divided his men into two bodies the one he gave to king sildadan and with him were norandel and king arban of north wales and king gilan and sandel of ganato and about two thousand knights in the other arcisil and flaminio with the romans and giontes and brandios and about six thousand knights if these two divisions had been well armed and their horses fresh they would not have had much to fear from their enemies but it was otherwise for their arms were broken in the former battle and their horses spent as well as with their former fatigue as with the present having now travelled day and night with little respite 
king aravigo had placed barsinan in the van with two thousand knights and as soon as it was light enough the two armies attacked each other with so fierce an encounter that many were overthrown barsinan broke his lance and laid hand to his sword and dealt his blows round like a brave man who was in great anger norandel who was among the foremost met an uncle of barsinan who had governed the land during his minority and he smote him so rudely that the lance went through the shield and the breastplate and came out between his shoulders and he fell dead king sildadan also and don gilan and king arban played their part so well that the host of barsinan would have been discomfited if arclos had not advanced to their succour though he had lost half of his right hand by a stroke which amadis had given him when he was called beltenebros he had now by practice learnt to use his left as well and at his coming barsinan and his company took heart again and many of king lisuarte's knights were slain or badly wounded or overthrown great deeds in arms did arcalus then achieve like one who was valiant and strong and at that hour you might have seen wonders done by king sildadan and norandel and don gilan and sendel of ganato for they were the shield and the rampart of the army but all would have been of no avail for the enemies were so many and fresh if king lisuarte who were in any danger how great soever failed to do his duty had not advanced he desirous rather to die than fail in his devour pricked forward before his men the first man whom he met was brother to that alumas the cousin of dardan whom florestan slew by the fountain of the elms him he thrust through with his lanes and his knights in like manner gave the enemy so hard a charge as made them give back the king laid hand to sword and gave such blows that no man who received one of them full had ever need of a surgeon in that hour he was so enraged that having no regard to danger he thrust himself among the thickest of the enemy arclos had before procured information of what arms he wore that he might know him in the field and do him the worst hurt he could for this was his custom and when he saw him advance thus far before his men he went to barsinan and said your enemy is before you if you slay him the business is done do you not see what king lisuarte is doing barsinan then took ten knights and crying out to arclos now i have at him and he or we shall perish they beset the king on all sides and beat him from his horse now felispinil and twenty knights who had gone with them to spy the enemy had promised to keep company in the battle and he seeing the king fail exclaimed o oh, sirs now was the time to die with the king they forced their way to him and found that two knights were grappling with him and who had overthrown themselves on him before he could rise and that they had forced a sword from him at this they assailed arclos and his men so fiercely that they made them fall back but so many of the enemy collected at the call of arclos that the king would certes have been slain if the good knight king sildadan and arcisil and norandel and brandeos with a good company of knights had not come up norandel seeing in what danger the king was dismounted 
and spitting at those who still held the king recovered for him his good sword and placing it in the hand said mount my horse sir this the king did but he would not move from thence till brandios had gotten another horse for norandel and then they joined their men who fought so well that the enemy began to give way and arclos called to one of his knights asking aravigo why he would suffer me to be slain when king aravigo heard this message he replied i saw that he needed succour but waited till the enemy should advance further from the town howbeit as he desires it let us go on the trumpets then sounded and he advanced with all his people and with the six knights from the sagittary island he found king lisuarte's men so weary and heated that he had made his attack safely and with great slaughter in slaying and beating down all whom they encountered so that by reason of their prowess and of the great force which aravigo brought lisuarte's troops could no longer sustain the attack but began to yield the field like people who were defeated king lisuarte himself who saw the day was lost and that it could no way be recovered took with him king sildadan and norandel and on gilan and arkisil and certain other the best knights and stood forward before the rest of the army whom he ordered to retreat into the town what shall i say in this flight and defeat the king exerted himself so to defend his people that never had his prowess been so manifested since he was made knight as it was that day and all those knights that were with him did their devour well but at length with great loss many being slain many taken and others wounded they were driven to the gates of the town and there as they crowded to get through and the enemy pressed upon them in pursuit a great slaughter was made king arban and don grumedan with the banner of the king were both beaten from their horses and taken there and so also would king lisuarte have been if some of his people had not held him fast and dragged him perforce within the gates and then the gates were shut but they who escaped were very few the enemies fell back for they within shot at them with bows and arbalists and they carried with them king arban of north wales and on grumedan with lisuarte's banner arclos was for putting them without delay to death but king aravigo said let us wait till we have taken king lisuarte and the rest and then with your accord and advice of those other chiefs we will bring them all to justice he then set a guard upon them to keep them carefully thus as you have heard was king lisuarte conquered and the greater part of his army slain or taken and he and the remainder blocked up in that weak town where he expected nothing but death king aravigo now counselled with the chiefs of his army how they should proceed then there were many opinions as in usual after such victories when the success is so good that the conquerors know not how to make good better some said it would be well now to take preparations of the attack of the town and meantime set guards around that lisuarte might not escape others were for an immediate attack before they within could make any preparations for the defence saying that being now defeated and disheartened they could easily be destroyed when king aravigo had heard these opinions they all looked for us which they would follow 
because he was the chief and head of the enterprise good sirs and honourable knights said he i have always been heard that men ought to follow up good fortune when it comes therefore let barsinian and the duke of bristol go with their people to the other side of the town and i and arculus and the king of the deep island will remain with our forces here and let us all attack the enemy without delay before the darkness comes on for we shall have but two hours more of the sun if we do not carry the city in this attack we will fall back and the army may take their rest till daybreak and then we will again assail but i myself promise to you all that i will never take enjoyment till i have them in my power on the word of a king i promise that his death or mine shall befall to-morrow at this were all those lords greatly encouraged and rejoiced and as king aravigio had sown even so also did they swear forthwith they ordered food to be dealt and made their men eat and drink and told them that now they were in the point of becoming rich and fortunate if their own want of courage did not prevent them this done barsinan and the duke of bristol with half the army went to the other side of the town and the other half remained and they all alighted now under the sound of the trumpet prepared for the assault king lisuarte when he escaped into the town took no rest for he saw his destruction was at hand yet though he knew that the place could not long be defended he determined to do his best till his ill fortune was fulfilled and die like a knight rather than fall into the hands of his mortal enemies the townsmen brought food to him and his soldiers and when he had heat and he placed his knights and all the people of the town on such parts of the wall as were weakest telling them that under god their safety and their lives were in their own hands and hearts but such men were they that they needed no one to make them do their duty for every one expected to die like the king his master presently the enemy came fiercely on like conquerors covered with their shields with lances they who had them unbroken others sword in hand and the archers and crossbowmen behind they within received them with stones and arrows from their bows and arbalists the wall was low and in some places broken so that they joined the battle almost as though they had been in the plain yet what with the little defence the place afforded and more with the great courage of the besieged the assailants soon lost their first confidence and fell back but the others kept up the assault king aravigo and all the other captains who were still on horseback ceased now to urge their people on and they themselves rode on up to the walls and with their lances thrust at those who were on the bulwarks so that king lisuarte's place of refuge would soon have been entered if it had not pleased god that the night came on with great darkness then the assailants withdrew as they were commanded the wounded were dressed and the enemy placed themselves all around the town setting strict watch and surely they thought the first assault by daybreak would end the enterprise end of chapter 35 read by lambda